Money FM 89.3, best of workday afternoon. Here at Money FM 89.3, I'm Clarissa Monter for the workday afternoon. Despite years of public education efforts by the government and non profit organizations, 90% of women in Singapore don't know what they are statistically most likely to die from. Sadly, this also means that many women are not taking the steps they could to protect themselves from this killer. Today on Health Suites, we look at cardiovascular disease, including heart attack and stroke in women, which kills more women in Singapore every year than anything else and six times more than breast cancer, which many more of us women worry about. Coming up next on Money FM 89.3, we speak with Dr. Rohit Kurana, a consultant cardiologist at the Harley Street Heart and Vascular Centre, to find out more about cardiovascular disease in women. Health Suites with Clarissa Montero on Money FM 89.3. Good afternoon and welcome into Health Suites. I'm Clarissa Montero for the workday afternoon. On the phone, I am joined by Dr. Rohit Karana, a consultant cardiologist at the Harley Street Heart and Vascular Centre. We're talking about cardiovascular disease because despite the fact October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, cardiovascular disease is a far more insidious killer of us girls. Doctor, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Clarissa. So it's a pleasure to be on the show with you. How much bigger of a threat to women is cardiovascular disease, including heart attack and stroke? It's a big problem. And, uh, and thank you for raising it in this, uh, in this time of uh, general awareness of, of health issues. So certainly when women uh, reach their postmenopausal years, it's very, very clear that there is a significant catch-up of the incidents and problems that relate to heart disease and stroke compared to women in their younger years. But when we're talking about complications such as heart attack, stroke, all the risk factors that women tend to be protected from the estrogen effect, which is well recognized younger on, the younger years obviously disappears and uh, and gradually weans to the point where there's a catch-up in the incidence of heart disease in women compared to men. And so it does, as you said in your introduction, become a very, very important cause of, um, of morbidity and mortality in women as they age. So the problem here is we are protected in our childbearing years. Mm. And after that, with, with the depletion of our estrogen levels, then, then we become more susceptible to cardiovascular disease. And most women don't realize that. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And I think that's part of the inertia, you know, that we see when it comes to the gender differences, is that women don't realize it. And, and often, and we can go on to discuss also a very important reason why is that, as you said, Firstly, women are more focused, quite rightly, on on women's health issues, and and they do a very good job at being self-aware and screening for that. But the risk factors such as high blood pressure, such as cholesterol, such as those who are diabetic or those who may have a family history, often these are, as they are in men, they are a silent risk towards women developing heart disease. So very, very often when heart disease creeps up on women, it's often a sudden event. And the symptoms when they do occur are not as typical in terms of the description that we think about when it comes to heart problems that men often associate with a heart problem. And and by that, I mean a very, very classic chest discomfort, sometimes a very shortness, a very, very clear history of a shortness of breath. Those very classic symptoms that we attribute to heart disease in men 
also are less typical in women. So we have a silent risk factor problem, we have an aging population in women, and we have an atypical or less um, classic, I wouldn't say atypical, but a less classic presentation in women, which all lends itself to more longer delays in in their diagnosis or even themselves thinking they may have a a heart disease risk. Okay, so what you're saying is, On top of the fact that women aren't aware that they could be susceptible to it as they age, or women as in myself included, the symptoms present themselves differently than they do in men. They do. They do indeed. Um, And that's one of the the most challenging aspects of of women in heart disease. So it may just manifest as a, a very very protracted fatigue and and fatigue and and being just a little bit more lethargic is a very common symptom of course that most men and women think it's just part of aging but it can be a sign of something more sinister rather than getting traditional heaviness or a pressure in the chest women may not get that they may get discomfort which is more localized to the jaw the back region and um, and very recently i saw a lady who's predominant problem was one of epigastric which is more abdominal pain thinking it was more gastric and for example therefore they get treated as something which is not cardiac but for something else and that results in significant delays in them seeking attention to think it may be for the heart. We're speaking with Dr. Rohit Gurana, consultant's cardiology at the Harley Street Heart and Vascular Center. Okay so let me get this straight. The symptoms don't present the same way as they do in men. Women aren't aware of what these symptoms are, and it sounds very different. It could be many other things. Overstressing ourselves in a yoga session could give us a back pain, and you're saying that potentially could be significant and more insidious and potentially a symptom of cardiovascular disease. Well, okay. So, I mean... (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we roll back now. Uh, Now I need to backtrack, (laughs) because... What I'm saying that um, when people have a, a, a clear symptom, as you just put it very, very clearly, mm. um, which has a trigger and postural pains and muscle aches and pains, which aren't classically in the chest area, are very, very, very common. You know, I mean, people sprain themselves and strain themselves and overdo it all the time. Right. Now, when it comes to and one should never overreact and then and jump to see their local doctor on the basis of, of isolated one off symptoms that when a woman or even a man look back um, and can say that they've got a, a reason for it, one should not just jump to, you know, more worrying conclusions. But if a symptom is repeated, mm-hmm. the symptom certainly has a pattern which doesn't seem to be resolving. If it comes to cardiac problems, we often associate limitations in in anything to do with exercise or things that increase the heart rate. So if there's a predictable pattern with effort capacity, and again, it doesn't feel quite right, doesn't feel like there's been a muscular pull or a strain or something in the history or the recent past that a person can relate it being caused by, then of course, I would suggest that that needs to be considered more carefully. And then often, it may not just be a simple sprain or a string or, or a muscular type discomfort somewhere other than the chest. It may be associated with palpitation, a sensation that their heartbeat is beating irregularly or too fast. It may be that they're getting giddy spells or they're getting breathless. So it isn't just an isolated strain, you know, which has got a clear trigger. It's a constellation of feelings which women or men might not even think it's to do with their heart, but is repeated, it's occurring predictably, then it should be thought about more carefully. Okay. 
So here's a question for you. You say that it is postmenopausal women who are more susceptible to developing cardiovascular disease. So as we're dealing with the hormonal levels dropping and having to take a hormonal therapy to deal with that menopause, should we also then be starting to think about having a check on our hearts? That's a very, very important question there, because that's what I do say, is that when there is a clear elevation, people are aware of, of their risk profile. So we all go to doctors for various ailments over the years, and if there is something picked up, such as high blood pressure, or they know they have a high cholesterol, or most importantly, people know what their family history is. If there is a, a history of heart disease at a younger age, premature history um, by that in their family line, parents, siblings, first cousins, then you know they should think about getting themselves screened and start to have their heart check. And that doesn't mean anything too detailed. That just basically means having an assessment of their risk coming in to have their cholesterol, their sugar, their kidney function, a simple ECG, and maybe even a stress test as ladies enter that postmenopausal age of their life. And that's something which certainly is a good practice to be in, and for the reasons I mentioned at the outset, because most of these problems can develop silently until it manifests as an acute problem. And then as people become more aware of what their risk profile is like from these serial blood tests, then when symptoms do occur that don't seem quite right, people are ready for them because they know that they've got, that they're diabetic. They know that um, they've not been able to give up smoking and yet symptoms are occurring and they're at an elevated risk. So these screens just empower people generally, men and women, to know that they have got risk factors that eventually one day might creep up on them. Okay, so is there a specific age group where women are most vulnerable? It all depends on the type of problem that we're dealing with. We're talking about heart attack risk. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Heart attack risk tends to be, not exclusively, but tends to be a problem um, after, um, after menopause, as we've discussed repeatedly. And so after 55, I would certainly say that women should put themselves forward for once or once every two-year screening. Okay. And would that be similar if it was stroke that we were talking about? So stroke is a big medical term. There's lots of different reasons why people get strokes. And the reason why we put it together in the same category as a heart attack is because strokes have the same risk factor profile as a heart attack and heart disease generally, which namely are poking high blood pressure, being overweight, a family history, a high cholesterol, and so forth. So we tend to think of stroke in the same category, but there are other causes of stroke as well, which, such as uh, when people have a, a bleed that's inside their brain uh, that causes the stroke, they may have a stroke due to an irregular heart rhythm. So, they, so, so stroke screening has some subtle differences compared to stroke, which is caused by the same risk factor profile that causes heart disease. So when we do a, a screening test, yes, to some degree, what we're treating with risk reduction therapies, whether it be lifestyle or medication, we are, for the most part, also reducing stroke risk as well as heart disease risk. Okay, we're speaking with Dr. Rohit Karana, a consultant cardiologist at the Harley Street Heart and Vascular Center. Now, you're talking about an age group of women who are pretty set in their ways. You know, 50, 55, 55, 60. They have the habits that they have. They, they have the diet that they have. They have the exercise regime that they have. How hard is it to talk them into making changes at that point? 
you know, and I wasn't sort of being flippant when we spoke before this formal call started. Often when I see the women in the surgery, it's usually two different types of level. One, they accompany their husband when they come to the clinics. They are the often the momentum and the, the trigger for their husbands and loved ones, brothers sometimes coming to the clinic for a cardiac risk. And then as we get talking to the, to the, to the men in the clinic, often the women start to become introspective and start to think, well, some of this may apply to me as well. And then we find that, you know, some weeks or some months later, you know, have, have, having had some information about or being educated a bit more about what heart disease can, can present like and the types of questions, you know, that we ask, then they themselves come forward for screening. The second type of person, yes, they're, yes, they're set in their ways, but women are, you know, not to be too judgmental, but they are particularly um, careful about their health in general, more so than men, I would say. They're a little bit more attuned to their health issues, and that may be because for many years before, they've been attuned to their gynae and their women's health. So they do have a very good relationship generally with their doctors, and they ask a lot of questions compared to men. So often women do come independently because of other friends in the community, other women in their social circles, and sometimes their doctor has made them thought more carefully about themselves getting checked out. So, you know, women are set in their ways, but I would say they're very flexible in their thinking too, and they're very, very accepting, accepting of being educated. All right, that's good to know that we girls know when to not be stubborn. <laughs> All right, let's talk about prevention and treatments. You know, with everything else, I'm assuming cardiovascular disease in women, the earlier the diagnosis, the better the prognosis. What do we do once we go in and we have a screening and, and there are some flags that we need to address? How do we move forward? What are the treatments? What are our options? Yeah, well, I mean, the backbone of any treatment program or treatment um, prescription, for want of a better word, is certainly mostly lifestyle related. So that comes looking after their individual risk profile, whether it be weight loss, whether it be stopping smoking, whether it be being more careful with a low-fat, low-cholesterol diet if they're diabetic, being particularly careful with their diet. And, you know, the, the satisfying thing is that those things and the results of that hard work can be measured in the clinic, you know, with serial blood work. The weight, of course, is very easy to track, and other things, you know, that we do in the clinic can be tracked. Then you get to the stage where, you know, people's risk factors are better treated by the individual taking medication. And that's a discussion to be had, of course, with the doctor and needs to be individualized. And, you know, people should not talk to say, well, my cholesterol is very high and therefore my doctor has been put on, my doctor's put me on a statin, whereas another friend may say their doctor did not commit their patient to a statin. When it comes to escalating to medication, the decision needs to be very much more personalized to the risk. And then, of course, you've got other treatments other than cholesterol tablets. You've got blood pressure tablets. You've got tablets for diabetes prevention and diabetes preventing progression. So you've got a lot of different medications. That needs to be a very much more individualized discussion. And then, of course, you've got the next level of treatment is when people often have something very severe going on or even symptoms that are clearly due to the heart. And that may require more proactive intervention 
So in the case of what we're talking about today, heart disease and blockages, that may, that may require stenting and that may require a little bit more of an involved, involved treatment. So it's definitely graded from lifestyle to medication to intervention. But the backbone treatment of any program is always a proper heart healthy lifestyle. All right. We've been speaking with Dr. Rohit Karana, a consultant cardiologist at the Harley Street Heart and Vascular Center about cardiovascular disease in women. Doctor, thank you so much for the time. I hope more of us girls take to heart, no pun intended, this important information and make the life adjustments that might just save our lives and if need be, make an appointment with you. Enjoy your afternoon. Thank you again for having me. You too. I'm Clarissa Montero for Money FM 89.3. This is Singapore's most influential radio station. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.